give um, just a second for the video guy. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. All right. Well, I have been talking on faith, so, so I'm going to talk about faith again. Faith is a very important subject, um, and uh, we're going to go over some verses why. But um, the last time I taught, I taught about that faith and grace are married, okay? You, uh, if you just have grace, you're not going to receive. If you just have faith, you're not going to receive. You have to have faith and grace working together to have the promise or the supernatural come into your life, okay? The promise that comes to your life. So, um, but now we're going to be talking about faith fundamentals, and this is faith friend is love. Face friend is love. Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus, and we just thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we walk by faith. We live by faith in the, in the finished work of your son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord, for the gift of your Holy Spirit. Your Holy Spirit is our teacher. We cannot understand without your spirit bringing revelation and understanding to us. So, uh, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you go and you would give us all ears to hear and eyes to see these things, O oh Lord, these truths, O oh Lord, that you're bringing before us today. We thank you, Lord, that in every way your will be done in Jesus' name in this so that not, not only should we hear, but we're going to be able to walk this out and see your glory come into our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So, why is faith so important? It says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. That's your feeling, please him. So, Hebrews eleven six 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If you want a life that's pleasing to God, you're going to have, you're going to, you're going to have a life full of faith. All right. So faith, pleasing God is basically he wants us to walk as Jesus walked. That's his goal in every way. So in every way, he had fellowship. He was able to walk and talk with God, his father himself. He was able to go forth and do the miracles that God had sent him to do, you know, in everything and in every way. He had supernatural provision in every way. Everything that he needed for this life and to fulfill the call in his life, he received by faith. His trust in God. And so God, that's where God wants us to do. He's asking us to come and, and basically mature to that level of where Jesus was, okay? So don't settle down where you are. There's so much more to learn and to grow into. You know, we don't want to stop. We want this church, we want everyone in this church to grow in maturity so that we can be Jesus to Raleigh, right? We want them like Jesus. They heard you know, in Durham, they heard in Chapel Hill, they heard in Cary, they heard all these miracles happening, and they're going to come running by the thousands. But you know what? How that's going to happen is as we grow and we mature in our faith to be more and more like Jesus. But it's going to take faith. Hallelujah. So B says, what is, whatever is not of faith is sin. Sin is your fill-in. Sin is missing the mark. Well, what's the mark? Jesus is the mark. So everything that we're doing in our lives, if it's not just like how Jesus did when we were not there yet, we're missing the mark. 
That's why we had to completely, utterly depend on what Jesus did, his finished work, his death, burial, and resurrection. It's all because of Jesus and Jesus alone that God has, has received us and made his sons and daughters, right? But he wants us to grow and mature. He doesn't want to stay in baby Christians. He wants us to grow and be more and more like Jesus, okay? Uh, Romans 14, 23, but he who doubts is condemned if he if he eats, because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. We should be praying about everything, letting him lead us in everything, whether it's food or jobs or exercise or family or friends or girlfriends, boyfriends. It doesn't matter. Everything we should be coming to him and, and putting it before him. God, should I go this way or not, Lord? You know? And then if he says, yes, go that way. If not, don't go that way. <laughs> so... Whether you understand why or not, he, he sees things you don't. Amen? So C says, we walk by faith, not by sight, is your fill-in. Now, what's that mean? What does that mean? We need to be walking on what, what God has said for us to do in everything small and great in our lives. Okay? And if we're not doing that, then how can we walk in faith? So, you know, Peter walked on the water, but before he walked in the water, he walked on the word come. Jesus said, come. Now, if Jesus didn't say come and he would have jumped out of the boat, you know what he would have, he would, would have happened? <laughs> he would have sunk. But because he stepped out on the word come from Jesus, he was able to walk on the water. You guys need to understand that we have been called to be supernatural children of the Most High King. God, our Father, you know, we want to do the things that our Father's doing, you know, and what Jesus did. But that is going to come by walking by faith. What is, what is walking by sight? Well, it's the natural things that we see every day. It's the things that we can, we can uh, feel and touch and hear and see and taste, you know. That's the natural, right? We already do that. But God wants us to come higher. He wants, us, he wants you to fulfill what God has called you into, Jesus, and, and walk by faith and power and his glory and his kingdom, right? We're supposed to be enjoying right now the things of heaven. It's not way someday over here we get to enjoy as children of God the things of, God, of heaven right now here and now. But they're all accessed by faith. Is faith important? It's so important. I mean, I want that, and I want, I want everything that God, that Jesus has bought and paid for. I want it all. I don't want to stop where I am. I want to keep going on and become more and more like Jesus Christ so that I can, feel, I can fulfill the things that God has called me to do. And that's what I want for you too. So 2 Corinthians says, 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. So D says, we receive what God has already given by grace through faith. So example, a door, all right? So everything on the other side of a, this door is basically heaven and his supernatural provision and his glory and everything like that. To get to that, you've got to go through the door of faith to receive whatever that is, all right? It's all there. Jesus already has done everything he's going to do. 
He doesn't have to go die on the cross anymore for your sin. He doesn't have to take stripes on his back anymore for your healing. He's already done all that, and he's provided it to you by his grace. It's all stirred up, but God, my gosh, though, it, but it's, it, it's in heavenly places, in spiritual places, it's in glory, but we access all those supernatural things that Jesus has done through faith. Is faith important? Wow, it is so important. So um, Ephesians 2 and 8 said, by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, all right? So um, this verse applies to anything and everything you could need, right? It's not just salvation. It's healing. It's provision. It's wisdom. It's understanding, right? He has given it all. It's right behind that door, and we need to ask, access it by faith. It's through faith that we get to access those things. And guess what? You go through the door, and there's God says, here you go. This is your gift. You don't have to pay for it. Jesus already paid for it. It was way more than you could ever afford anyway. So Jesus paid for it all. It's a gift to you. He gives it to you. So, and then E says, we access what is in the spirit by faith. Ephesians 1 and 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Now, some people are like, well, that's great that it's up there, Lord. I, I need it in my life. <laughs> well, we access everything there by faith. By faith. Faith is important, y'all. Philippians 4, 19. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. Where? Up in glory by, by Christ Jesus. All right, well, God, I don't see that provision here. I've got a bill that I don't have the money for. Well, I, it doesn't do me any good up there, Lord. <laughs> I need it here. Well, you access it by faith, by faith. Faith is important. I'm telling you that he has already provided anything that you could ever need or want already through Christ Jesus. He said he's provided and done it all. It's for you, but we access, access this by faith. So we need to understand what faith is, how it works, right? And so we've been going on this faith journey, right, learning more and more about faith. And I think we could talk about faith, you know, for a very long time because it's it that important, and there's so many aspects to it, okay? So, but today, we're going to talk about why is love so important okay so that's number one said uh, a says we are saved by grace through faith alone but not by a faith that stands alone i'm going to say that again so stands is your fill-in we're saved by grace through faith alone but not by a faith that stands alone okay so the title of this sermon is faith friend is love all right B says, faith works in cooperation with other spiritual forces. One of them is love, the other one is hope, and the other one is patience that operates in our hearts. Remember, we've been talking about our heart, how important our heart is. So you're feeling his hearts. So see, today we are going to talk about faith and love. Faith runs with love. They're partners, they're friends. Faith is able to withstand 
Fear is your fill-in because of love. Faith is able to stand or withstand fear because of love. So we must pursue faith and love. Let's look at 1 Timothy 6 and 11. Okay? But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, and love, patience, and gentleness. Okay? These are things that you need to pursue. They just don't happen. Okay? They just don't happen in your life. You have to pursue faith and love. Okay? This is something that you're going to have to take the time to go in, in the word of God, you know. He put all of his secrets, you know. There are no secrets anymore. They're all been written down for you, his children, to read, to find, right? And that's how you pursue his love and his faith. Okay? So, let's see. Second um, Timothy 2 and 22 says, Flee also useful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, in love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So, you know, a lot of people are like, um, you know, I, I want to pursue this, but I'm so taken up with, with all these other things that are coming against me. You know, a lot of people are like, I don't know if I'm saved. <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't feel saved. <laughs> right? Uh, or I'm, I'm coming against these, these thoughts, these things that I know aren't right, but I can't get around them, right? So, but there's, there's one step one you need to do is to flee those things. You need to turn away from those things. But you also need to turn toward something, okay? It's not just, you know, grinding your teeth and saying, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to think that anymore. I am going to, you can't just do that because it'll stay there right? It'll still come. But what you have to do is turn your thoughts and your, and your, your heart and your intents toward and pursue faith and love, okay? So if you want victory over those things that have been bothering you, okay, you've got to say, God, I'm sorry for thinking about this. I'm not going to think about this anymore. I'm not going to do these things. But, and, but it's because I've turned to you, and I'm going to pursue faith and love. I'm going to pursue you in this, so uh, D says, faith works by love. So 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, and now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Okay? There's a reason why the greatest of these is love. Galatians 5 and 6 says, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love, God has provided all things by grace, and by faith we are able to access. But our faith works through love also. So we need to know about this, this love. So number one says, faith works through, that's your fill-in, through love. Not the love we have for others, but the love that God has for us and others. Okay? A lot of people are like, oh, my faith's going to work. Because if I love someone else, you know, or I love myself, that's not the case. We need to be concentrating on the love that God has shown us, all right? It's because he loves us that he does everything, that he came to save us, to heal us, to provide for us, to protect us, to be a part of our lives. It comes because he loved us. 
if we understand that he did all these things because he loved us, we all of a sudden stop looking at ourselves. Because, you know, if you look at yourselves, you're going to go, I am not worthy, I am not worthy, I am not worthy. (laughs) How can I expect anything from God if I'm looking at myself? We need to turn our eyes off of ourselves and we need to look at Jesus and the love that he's shown us. And then you're overcome. You're like, wow, I didn't deserve it, but you have given this to me. You have done this for me because you love me. So the enemy would love to keep your eyes on yourself. Because if he does that, he can keep you defeated. He can keep you from receiving the things that Jesus has bought and paid for you. Because you're looking in the wrong direction. Everything that God has done for you has come because of his love. And that's what your eyes need to be upon. You need, it needs to be upon Jesus and his love. Let's see. When we know how much we are loved, then faith operates like it should. When we know how, how much God loves those who we are praying for and minister to, faith operates like it should. You know, um, I love being part of the healing rooms, you know, or going out, you know, and, and um speaking and praying for the homeless, you know? And if I were to try to evaluate them, if my eyes were on them, (laughs) you know, those who are coming in or those who we go out to, if my eye was on them and I started considering, well, you know, uh, did you even read your Bible today? Did you even pray today? You know, what things have you done, you know, for God? Or have you been doing things that you shouldn't be doing? You know, my mind does not go there at all. My mind stays on the love of God. My mind stays on, oh my gosh, if you just knew how much you're loved, you wouldn't be doing those things. You would run to Jesus, you know? My mind goes to, oh my gosh, that person, whatever state they're in, was worth so much to Jesus that he was willing to die on a cross for him. Oh my gosh, he was loved so much that Jesus took stripes upon his back so he could be healed, He did this because he loves them. And and so faith works through that love, understanding that love, the love of God, the love of Jesus Christ. So that's how I know God is going to, to save them. That's how I know God is going to heal them. That is how I know God is going to deliver them because he loves them, right? It doesn't have anything to do with them. It's a gift of love that I'm just taking and saying, here you go. You can receive it now. God, Jesus wants you to have this because he loves you, right? I don't have to examine their lives. I just keep my eyes on Jesus and the love that he has shown us. That's how I know, and even for myself, if I start looking at myself, I'm going to go, oh my gosh, I am so unworthy of anything. But because I know he loves me, And it's because of his love that he does all things for me. Then you know what? I can receive. Maybe I don't deserve it. But because he loves me, he gives it to me. All things. Okay? So, you know, I love giving testimonies on how good he is. But I tell you, it's not because I I did anything to deserve it. (laughs) It comes because he loves me. And he loves you. That's why you can receive everything that Jesus is, has provided for. Not because of what you do, but because he loves you. He loves you. That's how faith works and operates. 
okay? It works through that love. Understanding that is, is key. Number two says, you can't have confidence insurance in someone when you don't know their attitude toward you or stance towards you. You can't trust someone that is, is possible hostile to you. Many people tend to think that God is hostile, hostile towards them. That God is displeased with them. That they are, have messed up too many times for God to do anything for them. These are going to have trouble with their faith. You must turn your focus off yourself and onto the love of God. The love of Jesus Christ. Get your eyes off of self. If you, if you keep your eyes on yourself, you will be defeated and you will not be able to receive the love of God, the, the provision of God, or anything from God. So get your eyes off yourself. So have a Bible teacher that says, I've got three steps to be able to walk in faith in your life. It's step one is to keep your eyes on Jesus. Okay? And the second one's just like it. It's keep your eyes on Jesus. <laughs> And you know what? If you didn't get it then, number three is keep your eyes on Jesus. If you are able to do that, then your faith can work and arise and work powerfully in your life. So how do we assure our hearts of God's love? So um, let's see. Ephesians 3 and 17 says, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Now, we talked about how our heart is like, like, a, uh, like soil, right? And we take the word of God, the promises of God, whatever he says in his word, and we plant it into our hearts. And we want it to take root and then yield you know, a harvest toward us. And this doesn't change anything. Uh, love doesn't change anything. Love works the same way, okay? We want to take the promises of God, the things that God has said in his word about love, and we want to get them so deep into that soil so that it has a good chance to, to root, but not just root, but go down deep, you know? Rooted, so it's rooted. Grounded. Why does it need to be grounded? When the winds come and the, and the waves come and whatever else comes, because it's deep, it won't be pushed over and then, and then die, right? Well, how do you do that? How do you do that? So Christ dwells in our spirit, but for him to dwell in our hearts is your fill-in, hearts, by faith, then we must be rooted and grounded in love. And I explain why. Your heart is your spirit and soul. Andrew teaches that the heart is the intersection of your spirit and soul. It is what the Bible calls the inward man. That is where we want to get his word into our hearts. Faith operates not through our minds, not through our will or emotions, you know, it apparates from our heart. So we want our heart to be right in what it have, what it needs, the truth it needs in there so that faith then can operate um, correctly. So B says, when we know how much we are loved and there is no competing thoughts or imaginations in our hearts, then faith operates fully like it should. We do this by reading, studying, meditating, 
And that's using your, your imagination on the word of God. So Hebrews 4 and 12, and many of you guys can quote this, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the vision of soul and spirit. See, we have a soul and we're spirit and they're different. And the joints and marrow, and that's just, just what's deep inside of you, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So you've got your spirit, you've got your soul, and you've got your heart. Okay, thoughts and intents of the heart. So you've got thoughts in your heart. You've got thoughts up here, but you've got deep thoughts that are in your heart. Not only that, but you also have imaginations of your heart. Okay, that is um, the intents, the intents of your heart is your imagination. Your imagination is very important. All right. It's basically the thoughts of your heart. If you want to know what's in your heart, when the doctor says, um, you have cancer, and then all of a sudden your thoughts goes, oh, no, what about my family? Oh, my, oh no, what about, what about this or what about that? Oh, no, I'm going to die. Or does it go to, oh, well, Jesus paid for that. <laughs> Devil, you know, you're attacking me, but you know what? You've already lost. Ha, ha, ha. Where does the thoughts and your intents go to? When the devil comes against you, you know, it's a no, no, no. Jesus loved me so much. <laughs> devil, let me tell you, he loved me so much that he took stripes on his back. I can't believe he did that and he loved me that much, but he did it. And because of that, I'm healed in cancer. You have no, you can't stay in my body. I command you to go. I, I believe and I believe only that Jesus paid for my sicknesses and my disease and even cancer so you know what you've got to go and then you stand you don't see yourself ever getting sick or doing all these things you only see yourself or imagine in your in your heart that only what jesus is that by his stripes you were healed okay where's your thoughts and your imaginations go when things come your way so but the only way to get to that point to be able to react in that way is to put God's word, plant his word into our hearts. So, you know, a lot of times things happen and you react. And a lot of times we react in a bad way and we go, I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I said that. That was, I I don't understand why I did that. Why? Because of the things, the thoughts and the intents of your heart, you know. Maybe maybe you thought in your mind that you were going to react a certain way, but you reacted from, from your heart. And you did things and said things that you shouldn't have. Why? Because what was in your heart. So how do we change that? We have to get his word from the written page, and we have to get it into our hearts. So when those things come, then we're able to react in the right way, the way that God would want us to react. (laughs) Right? Someone comes and, I don't like you. Well, I don't like you either. Instead, you could say, well, you maybe not like me, but you know what, I do, I do love you, and you know, I, I, I want good for you, and I want, I want good to come to you, and you know, I, I, I don't know what I can do to, to make you like me, but I want you to know that you know, I love you in the love of Christ, you know, instead of reacting the other way. <laughs> but it's because of what's in your heart is why you react the way you do, Okay. So we want 
faith to operate fully in our, heart, in our hearts so that we can react in those, in those ways. So C says, some scriptures to read and study and meditate on the love of God, okay? And so we're going to go through some scriptures, all right? And there's so many more. Oh, my gosh. There's just, I mean, you keep reading, reading, and you go, okay, that's the love of God. Oh, my gosh, there's the love of God. It's all over. I mean, basically, it's a love letter, you know? <laughs> uh, the whole thing is a love letter from God. Uh, but this is just a few, okay? So Romans 5 and 8 said, But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know what? It's not because you do right or do wrong or anything like that. His love was demonstrated once and for all through his son, Jesus Christ. Why? You need to look at the cross. If you start looking at yourself, again, your, your faith will fail. But if you look at the cross, that you know what? Jesus died on that cross because he loved me. You know? And God wants you to know, why would you question his love? He says, I've already demonstrated it. What more can he do? <laughs> what more can he do? He died. He was willing to die even off the cross for you. Don't question his love for you, okay? Did we deserve it? No. But he did it because he loved us. So keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes that he, was, he loves you and he's proved his love to you. So when the devil comes and says, God doesn't love you, and you go, oh, devil, it's too late. I already know. <laughs> He's demonstrated to me, and I know that I know that I know he loves me. Why? Because God himself became a man and was willing to die on the cross for me. So devil, you're too late. See you later. <laughs> that is not going to work. That is not going to work. So if you want to know if God loves you, that's all you have to do is look at the cross. So uh, John 15 and 13. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Okay? Wow. God calls you his friend. He wants to be your friend. He loves you so much, he wants to be your friend. Okay? And he laid his life down for you. So that, you know, that song, Friend of God, what an amazing song it is. And the first time I heard it, I'm like, really? God, you're my, God's my friend? Oh, my gosh. But he says he is, you know? God's standing before you right now, and he says, you are my friend. And I love you, and I died for you. Because I would only do that for my friends. So you can call yourself friend, a friend of God. He did it, did it because of his friends. He not only loves you, but he even likes you to be his friend. <laughs> so let's go to uh, 1 John 3 and 16. By this we know, and that word is experientially know, love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay our lives down for the brethren. Okay? By this we know be able to experience his love because he laid his life down. He showed us that he loves us. We should have no doubt. But you know what happens is because we don't fill our heart with his word and think about those things, how much he loves us, you know? I think about all the time that, that Jesus was willing to die on the cross for me. 
We had, um, the last time I went down to New Orleans, I was talking to my sister, and my sister's like, I stopped going to church, that church over there because he taught that, that the cross shouldn't be a Christian symbol because it's a, it's a symbol of um, torture. So why should we do that? I'm like, no, I don't believe that at all. <laughs> what I believe is the greatest symbol of love there ever was, that God himself would be, become a man, and that he would actually be willing to die because he loves me on that cross. I think about it all the time. I want to keep myself in that love. I want to keep planting those seeds of his love in my heart so that they, I can walk in that abundance that, you know, of, of, of love and faith. Uh, let's read, um, let's see, what First John 4, 9 and 10. This is the love of God, and this the love of God was manifested toward us. A lot of times, like, does really God, God love it? He, yes, he manifested his love. He showed us his love in this, that he has sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him, In this is love. Not that we love God, but that, the lo- but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. You know what? A lot of people think, oh, if I, if I do more good than bad, then I'll, when I go before God, I'll be okay. And that's not the case at all. Jesus said that we've already been condemned, right? Sentence has already been passed. We're in chains along with the devil walking toward a, a prison, which is called hell. That is the, the situation for those who have not received Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, okay? The judge, judgment has already been passed. And guess what? But Jesus was willing to take your place. He became the, the he basically came and he paid the price so that you would not have to. Now, it is your choice. It is your choice whether you change positions, right? And that's what it is. It's like, I'll take your place and you get to take my place. And everything that I have now will be yours. Wow, what a deal. <laughs> and it costs you nothing, you know? So he goes, I'll take your life and then you take my life. You know, you live, you live for me, but I'll take your place. And that's exactly what he did. He took your place and then actually went to hell for you. (laughs) We're the ones that deserve to be crucified and beaten and all these things and go to hell. But Jesus took our place because he loves us. Keep in your heart, your mind, your imagination on the love of Jesus Christ so that your faith would be effectual, be strong, be able to walk in and access all that Jesus has done and paid for. Why? Because he loves us. His love, should there should be no question at all that God, God, you know, that, that God does not love us. We should know that he loves us. Because he's already demonstrated, he's already proven. We need to settle that once and all, and all for our hearts. There shouldn't be anything in our hearts competing. Everything else should be pushed, pushed out, you know? If the devil comes and says, no, you're not loved, and you say, no, devil. Talk to the hand. <laughs> you can, that is not true. I believe, and I believe only of God, that God loves me, that Jesus loves me. Why? Because I see and I know and understand what he did to prove his love toward me. And so then you won't be moved. 
You can't be moved if, you're, if you're, your heart is full of his word that says he loves you, okay? Romans th- um, 8 and 32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You know, God's asking you, so you don't believe that God wants himself, wants to, uh, for you to have everything you need and even want, in a lot of cases, if your heart, your heart has the right intention. He goes, but you've got to understand, if I didn't withhold my son to go through everything he did, he's not going to withhold any good thing. So why would you think he withhold anything from you, right? It's, again, it's not because we deserve it. It's because he loves us. It's because of his love toward you that he wants to abundantly bless you and show his love toward you. Get your eyes off yourself. Get your eyes on Jesus and his love for you. Okay? So number four says, love cast out fear. And we're, all, we're getting very close here. So God's love cast out fear. Fear in your heart is the opposite of faith. So heart, again, is your fill-in. So I'll just read a few scriptures. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Now, that perfect love is a mature mature love, right? Your love can mature. You can grow in the love of God, mature in the love of God, right? So uh, we have to to study and get it to the point where we're mature in, in in understanding that he loves us. And when we do that, then fear doesn't stand a chance. Okay, if you have fear in your life, and you don't know what to do with it. Start reading, studying, meditating, thinking about imagining that. Oh, my gosh, Jesus is on the cross and there you stand and you're looking right into his eyes. And he's saying, I did this for you. Okay, it's it's an imagine imagining in your heart that when Jesus was taking those stripes, he's looking you in the eye and he says, I did this for you. It's imagining in your heart that, oh, my gosh, he loves me so much that anything I could ever want or need, he's willing to give me because he loves me. That's the reason why he does it, because he loves you. But he who fears has not been made perfect or mature in love. Fear's going to always come. It's always going to come knocking on the, do- on the door. And sometimes we open it up and we, we listen to him when we should have just said, as soon as we saw what it was, just close that door. <laughs> get, get, get on out of here in Jesus' name, you know. But sometimes, you know, we entertain those thoughts and we entertain even imaginations in our heart that, oh, does God really love me? Because we've taken our eyes off of Jesus. <laughs> And put them on ourselves. So don't do that. Get your eyes on him. First Timothy 1 and 5 says, Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from a sincere faith. Okay? A pure heart. You can have a divided heart. You can have things and thoughts and, and even imaginations in your heart that not, don't, don't line up with the word of God. So what we have to do is we've got to, we've got to plant so much of the, the word of God and use our imaginations to see how much God loves us so much that fear is just pushed out. 
out of our hearts so that we can know that we know that we know that we're loved. And because he loves, he will do anything and everything for us. Second Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Okay? And I love this scripture. So we have to know and understand that through God's power, he is willing to bring to you anything and everything you need. And the reason is because he loves us. And you need to have your mind settled that that's why. God will always say yes and amen when you keep your eyes on Jesus and know that he's going to do it because he loves you. doesn't have anything to do with your life and what you've done or not done. It has to do with his love. That's why faith operates through the love of God, knowing and understanding and having that in your heart. Okay? So I want you guys to say, step one, to stay in the faith, faith of God is to keep your eyes on Jesus. Step two is to keep your eyes on Jesus. And number three is just like it. <laughs> keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm going to pray for you guys. And while I'm praying, I want the, uh, the prayer team 